so good to worship together. Isn't it amazing how we can be in all these different places and no matter where we are, we can just enter into the presence of God wherever we are. It's awesome. So glad to be with everyone today. I want to loosely continue this series called The Path of the Exile. Why do I say loosely? Because I was going to step outside of it to do this particular message, but there is one scripture out of the book of 1 Peter, so it's going to count. So what we want to talk about today is something that's been in my heart really for about a year or two, and it's just been stirring in me, and and uh, it was kind of prompted. I, earlier this week, I was driving, and I was listening to the radio, and all these stats were just being listed out, and all this kind of doom and gloom, and I felt for just a moment like I was in one of those blockbuster, end-of-the-world type movies. You guys know what I'm talking about. It feels so surreal right now, and I thought, man, we're creating an, a new normal. In fact, that phrase is being said all the time, like this is the new normal. And there's a problem or a temptation, I should say, to leave certain things out that we should keep in our new normal. Now, some things are just being forced upon us and we have to kind of go along with that and we have to adapt. But there's a temptation for sometimes, in, for some of us in a situation like this, sometimes to leave something out that should be added in. And one of those things I believe is remembering the power of God and specifically the healing power of God. Because sometimes we just feel like a victim to whatever's happening and we just have to wait it out. But I've said it before when it comes to our, our sin that if we have a short-term memory for the goodness of God, then we will have a long-term memory of our problems and of our sin. But if we can have a long-term memory to the goodness of God or about the goodness of God, then we'll have a short-term memory of our sin because He washes it all away, because He takes it away. The same is true when it comes to the power of God. We have to have a long-term memory that no matter what we're going through, we remember that God is still a God who heals, that God is a powerful God. So I believe this message is for many people today. We're going to look at a story in Mark chapter 5, verse 25. Let's go there. Mark chapter 5, verse 25. And it says, And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years and who had suffered much under many physicians and had spent all that she had and was no better but rather grew worse. And so she had, she had heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, If I can touch his garment, I will be made well. Now, what you have to understand, let me just stop right there. What you have to understand here in this situation, Jewish law would have made her unclean so that anybody that she touched or that touched her would become unclean. And here she is pushing through a crowd, touching many people. She's not social distancing. We'll just say that. And she, but she had this one thought, if I can just get to Jesus, everything will be all right. And we have to remember in these times, if we can just be with Jesus, everything is going to be all right. And look what happens in the story. And immediately when she touched him, immediately the flow of blood dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And Jesus, perceiving in himself that power had gone out from him, immediately turned about in the crowd and said, who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, you see a crowd pressing around you and yet you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. We have to remember in times like this that God still 
heals. I'd make a case that Jesus never touched anything that was unclean. Why? Because as soon as it came into contact with him, he was, it was clean. I could make a case that Jesus never touched a dead thing because as soon as it came in contact with Jesus, the dead person or, was made alive. I, I could make a case that, that any virus, as soon as it touches Jesus, dies. And Jesus has never touched sickness in one sense because as soon as it comes in contact with Jesus, it's made whole. And I, I think we've got to remember that, that Jesus is still a healer. And I can think back in my own life to times when God, I've, I've experienced supernatural healing in my life. But I go back to 2003, it was July 4th, 2003. And instead of like watching fireworks with everyone else that evening, I found myself in the emergency room. I was having chest pain so bad because of the intensity of what was going on in my body. I was, I was just freaking out, really. And I ended up there. There ended up not being anything wrong with me, but I had experienced a lot of pain and discomfort and crazy things happening with me. And over the next year or so, I would go through doctor after doctor. I experienced test after test, and they found certain things wrong with me but they couldn't find exactly the pinpoint of it all. And I felt like this woman. I felt like, man, I've gone to every physician. I've spent what I have on doctors. And instead of getting better, I'm actually getting worse. At one point, trying to solve the problem, they had me on 23 pills a day for a, a few weeks trying to solve this problem, and it didn't work. And, and I, they told me, they said, you're going to have to take these pills for the rest of your life, this, this certain pill for the rest of your life. It's never going to go away. You can't eat certain foods. You can't eat spicy foods for the rest of your life. And I just felt like in despair. And one day, I just kind of had this release or this this faith, I guess you could say, this, this uh, hope rise up, this peace as I looked to Jesus. And I just believed that I could be healed. And I just started reading God's word and, and reminding myself that Jesus still is a healer. And Jesus entered in the scene and I was supernaturally healed. I, I didn't take the pills anymore. I didn't have the issues anymore. I just began to walk it out by faith. And they said I couldn't eat any spicy foods. And listen, if there's anybody that knows me that's watching this, you know that's about all I eat. And people ask me all the time, like, why do you eat such spicy food? And I could tell you honestly, one of the reasons I do, I used to not like it, but now I do. That's part of the miracle. But it's because I really see it, and this may sound weird, but I really see it as worship before God because I once was not able to, but God supernaturally healed me. And what they once said I could never do, I do it all the time. And yet I, over the past week, a couple weeks ago, I shared how I had a hernia surgery and how I was believing for healing. And it didn't happen. I ended up having the surgery anyway. And I've had a few people ask me like, how do you reconcile that? And I think that's a great question because a lot of us have experienced that as well. We've experienced, we've seen people get healed and then maybe we've seen people not get healed. And so there's a temptation for us to pull back from that idea that God is a healer. So what I want to do today is I want to give us seven truths about healing, seven truths about healing. And, and when it comes to healing, I want you to first understand this. When it comes to healing, we don't base this on, we don't want to lean into formulas. We don't want to lean into opinions. We don't want to lean into experiences. What we want to lean into is God's truth. So I'm going to give you, I'm going to rapid fire these at you guys. So get a pen, get a paper, get 
Get your thumbs ready because I'm going to rapid fire these at you. And I believe if we hang on to these truths during this time, maybe you know somebody during this time that you can pray for. And these truths are going to be very, very important over the next few weeks. And so truth number one is this. God wants you healed. I know that sounds simple. But there are many times in our theology we've got this messed up and we've for some reason trying to explain away why we didn't get healed here or there. Well, maybe God doesn't want me healed. No, God wants you healed. Let me put it this way. If you don't believe this very basic point that God wants you in health, then stop trying to go to the doctor when you get sick. Stop trying to be healthy because you'd be actually working against God's will if he doesn't want you healthy. God does want you healthy. That's, that's why we cooperate with God in the natural and believe in the supernatural. Truth number one is God wants you healed. And you have to get this deep down in your heart that God wants you healed. All right. Truth number two is this. This really leads to the second thing. God never puts sickness on you to teach you a lesson. God never puts sickness on us to teach us a lesson. You see, sometimes in an effort to try to explain why so-and-so didn't get healed or why I didn't get healed or whatever, we try to come up with all these theological reasons. Like maybe God was trying to teach me a lesson somewhere. Maybe there was some to try to explain why this particular healing doesn't happen. And I'll just say how I approach it. Sometimes when I don't understand a certain thing, I don't try to figure out what I don't understand. I start with what I know. And what I know is this. God is a loving father and there's not a person watching. There's not a loving father who is watching this right now who would ever put sickness or pain on their child and suffering just to try to teach them something. There's not one father out there that would do that. That's a loving, good father. And I know that God is a loving father. In fact, the Bible says that God is even a better father than any one of us could ever be. Matthew chapter seven, verse nine through 11 says this. Or which of you, if a son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father, your Father who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask? There, God, does ne He never puts sickness on us to teach a lesson. You've got to eject that from your theology right there. There's not one time in Scripture where Jesus is going around praying for people and, and somebody comes up to him for healing. He's like, no, I think I'm just going to put sickness on you instead. You just need to sit in that for a while because you haven't learned your lesson yet. Not one time in Scripture. He's never done that. And yet there are whole groups of people who believe this, I think, out of a motivation to try to explain why certain people doesn't, don't, don't get healed, but we have to stick with what we know. Amen. God is a loving father and God never puts sickness on us to teach us a lesson. Truth number three, Jesus already paid the price on the cross for salvation and for our healing. We're getting ready to head into Easter next week and, and celebrate the resurrection. But before the resurrection, there's a crucifixion. And on that cross, we know that Jesus suffered, he bled, he died, he was tortured. He took upon our transgressions, he took upon our sin. But you know, he also took upon our healing and, and made a way for us not just to have a way to God, but for a way to be free from sin 
and also to be healed. Isaiah chapter 53 is prophesying about this in verse 5. And it says, But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. And here it is, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. This ties it right into the path of the exile. And it says this in an echo of Isaiah. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. Let me just say it this way. Anytime you commit a sin, Jesus, because what he's already done on the cross, it's already finished. Every time you commit a sin, you don't have to expect Jesus to go back, get up on that cross, die again for that sin you've just committed. No, he said it is finished. On the cross, he did what was already needed. He already paid the price. The same is true for our healing. Whenever you have a sickness and you're believing God for healing, you're praying for healing, you don't have to expect God to, to send Jesus back to the cross to die again or to do something. No, Jesus has already done what's needed. He's already paid the price for us to be healed which leads me to truth number four. Truth number four is this. When we pray, we don't have to beg God to do something he's already done. We use authority he's given us over sickness or a spirit of infirmity, and we command it to leave. Luke chapter 9, verse 1 and 2, it says, And he called the, the twelve together, and he gave them power over all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. I ask you a question, is this scripture just for those 12? No, it's for all of us, for all disciples. We can see that again and again. If this scripture was just for the 12, then so was the Great Commission just for the 12. And we know that's not the case. This is for all disciples. And Jesus and the disciples, they show us this pattern. We never see Jesus begging the Father to heal. We never see the disciples begging the Father to heal or begging Jesus to heal. What we do see is through a look, a word, or a touch, we, we see them speak to the sickness, commanded to go, because Jesus has already done it. We see them speak to the pain and command it to go. We see them speak to a spirit of infirmity and command it to leave. Why? Using the authority that's already been given us because Jesus has already paid the price. They don't beg God to, to bring healing. And like many of us do today, we're begging God, oh God, if it would be your will or please heal. No, we use the authority in Jesus' name and speak to our healing. Truth number five is this. Faith is a factor in healing, but it's not faith in our faith. Faith is confidence in what God has already done for us. Now, in this story, we see Jesus say, your faith has made you well. And some will start to really kind of take off on this. And it's like, well, if I can just have enough faith, I could be made well. Or if I could just build up my faith to the certain place. And what I've seen a lot of people do is they end up having faith or doubt in how much faith or doubt they have. That's not what it means here when it's talking about your faith has made you well. It's not faith in our faith. How much faith do I have? Do I have enough faith? It's faith in the confidence of who God is and what he says he will do. That's the faith that makes us well. It's not faith in our faith. It's faith and confidence, just simply in resting in that. And so truth number six is this. I said I was going to rapid fire them at you. Truth number six is this. 
We have to renew our minds to start living life in the kingdom of God in the here and now on earth as it is in heaven. Someday I'll take this whole teaching and I'll, I'll break it out and do a whole series on it. Right now I'm just giving you the nutshell version. But I, I've talked about this before. We have to see ourselves like a franchise of heaven. I mean, if God were to put a franchise, I mean, we've got Chick-fil-A franchises. Everywhere you go, you get the same type of spicy chicken, whatever it is. And, and you can walk in those doors, or at least you used to be able to walk in those doors and get a spicy chicken sandwich. And wherever you were at, if there was a Chick-fil-A, you'd have that same experience. Well, that's what it looks like when we pray, God on earth as it is in heaven. I believe that we are supposed to be heaven franchises, that wherever we are, when people come into contact with us, they've come in contact with heaven. But, but sometimes some people believe that doesn't count anymore. Like we aren't supposed to do that anymore. Uh, and some people will actually believe that the heaven franchise has been closed. Can I just tell you the heaven franchise is not closed? Can I just tell you whenever the, the Bible was written, it's not like the pages stopped and, and that's it. But some people believe that. I, I remember when I was a kid, my parents surprised us one evening and we, we didn't get to, we didn't have a lot of money. We didn't get to do a lot of these things very often. But one night they came to us the night before and they told us, they said, guys, tomorrow we are going to go to worlds of fun. I was probably seven or eight years old, if I remember right. And we never got to do that, very rarely. And so they told us that basically right, right in the evening, right before we were going to bed. And I couldn't sleep that night. I, I was so excited. I was ready to go. We got up that morning. We drove down. And just imagine if all that excitement, I drove down to Worlds of Fun, and all of a sudden we got there, and it was closed. And all of the fun and all of the amazing things that were in the park, we never would get to experience. Sadly, that's what some people believe happened with the power and the miracles of God. That God had at one time all of these things available, but now the franchise of heaven is closed and it's no longer available to us. No, we have to live as a heaven franchise now and renew our minds to kingdom living now. Now, this last thing is really the point that I believe so many of us struggle with and it's and it's because of our experience and and it's a real thing and I'm not trying to downplay it but I want you to get this last point point number 7 truth number 7 is this not everyone gets healed we don't always know why but it doesn't change any of these truths and that's what so many people wrestle with. Whenever we see an example where somebody didn't get healed, what we want to do is go back and try to rewrite or change one of those other truths. And that's just not how it works. Now, I've got a friend in our church named Kai, and Kai experienced some of these extreme disappointments and had, I mean, we're praying for somebody and, and it didn't happen. And, and I just want you to be encouraged because I asked him to share his story. He's a member of our church and, and how he experienced an extreme disappointment, but he decided he wasn't going to give up on God's healing power. Let's watch Kai's story. So Pastor Sean uh, messaged me and asked me to share my story of healing which is also a story of loss um, to everybody out there. And so I uh, told him I'd be honored to do that. And uh, so um, our story starts, and I say our story because it's my whole family story and not just mine. Uh, story starts back in February of 2018. We got a call from my brother-in-law that my sister uh, had been uh, 
having some health issues, and they went in, there was some big masses on her liver, and they were afraid it was cancer. And a little while later, uh, actually on February 17th of 2018, she got diagnosed with stage four liver cancer. Uh, well, they didn't find out until a little later on, though, what it was actually colon cancer that had started in her lower colon and had metastasized to her liver. And so it was uh, pretty bad. Um, I can still remember going down front at church and talking to Pastor Sean about uh, what was going on. And I can remember his prayer for life into my sister and having so much confidence uh, as we traveled to Chicago that very next week to see my sister and pray over her and be with her while she was in the hospital. I will say that her life was saved many times in those weeks. Um, she almost uh, died on surgery when they removed the tumor, um, but she was saved. Um, and her story was getting to spread like wildfire. Um, but we still believe that she was gonna be healed. Um, she was showing signs of progress when the chemotherapy started. But 27 days after her diagnosis, um, she passed away. And we were left wondering why, um, because we were just so confident in the healing process and what could be done. Um, and she was such a bright light in this world, um, all that she had done for everybody. Um, we didn't find out until later on that uh, in the funeral, my brother-in-law explained to me that she had been praying for me and my teammates um, without our knowledge. And some of my teammates were there and got to hear her story and her testimony, which is very powerful. And I really wanted through that whole thing to her to stand in front of my team and just share her story, but that wasn't to happen. Uh, so fast forward a couple years later and uh, I had been having nagging shoulder issues. Um, I had weakness and some pain in my left shoulder. And for those of you out there that know me, uh, my shoulder and my strength is very important to my job. I need to be able to do pull-ups and push-ups and all kinds of things. And I need to be able to uh, uh, function at a pretty high level, uh, physically and mentally. And it was just bothering me, so I went to see my orthopedic surgeon. And he had ordered an MRI uh, in uh, early December of 2019 and got the MRI results back, and it was a full thickness tear of my left rotator cuff to go along with a partial thickness tear of my right shoulder. Um, and so I had messaged some people at church, uh, Tom DeWitt being one of them, and he knew that uh, Pastor Aaron and Pastor Sean, they kind of knew what was going on. And I just prayed for a, a full recovery and a quick recovery. And, uh, Tom messaged me back and he said, well, how about a miracle before you even went in? And I said, well, that would be awesome. But it was very hard for me to believe that would happen after what happened to my sister. And so on Christmas Eve, Pastor Sean and Pastor Aaron and Tom and Joe brought me into the back room in the mass busyness of that night and that day with many services going on and they prayed over me. And they prayed for healing and they prayed for tendons to be healed and bones to be restored. But the most important thing that I remember Pastor Sean praying was for me to remember and always know that Jesus loved me. Through all those things that have been going on for the last couple of years, that was the most important thing that, let, that, that, that I felt that day. And so December 30th, I had the surgery. And right before we went in, I looked at my surgeon and I said, hey, I'm, I'm doing the right thing, aren't I? And he said, absolutely. 
And this great peace came over me. And I just remembered this phrase, be at peace, it is finished, all is well. And that's a phrase that's meant a lot to me and my wife and my daughter throughout some hard times when we moved here to Kansas City and some other things, but I just had a peace about me. And, uh, so I woke up and the nurse came in and said, hey, uh, you didn't have a rotator cuff tear. Um, you did had a bone spur and some cartilage fixed and some cleanup done. And my wife came in and confirmed what the doctor had told her and the nurse had told me and I just couldn't believe it. After everything had happened with my sister, I knew that healing is still possible, but I also didn't think that a rotator cuff compared to healing cancer. But God had different plans for me, and now I can tell my story of healing. There are times I feel guilty that I was healed and she wasn't, but that's not, that's not from God, that's not the truth. The truth is that those stories mesh together, and the, this whole thing has helped us get closer to people in church and closer to uh, what God's plan really is for us, and I can always go back to my teammates and talk to them about I was back in 30 days. I wasn't back in four months like I was supposed to be. You know, and they were all very happy to hear that. And there's a lot of things I would need to be prepared for. But uh, I hope through all this that maybe somebody can take part of this and know that no matter what happens, there is a plan. You can't see it at the time, and I didn't see it at the time, and I was devastated when my sister passed away. But her story and her healing helped me get through my process even though I wanted desperately to talk to her over and over again because she was a physical therapist. But during the physical therapy, I could feel her so close to me and it helped me to push myself even far harder each and every day. So that's it for, for my process and my story, but hopefully it'll help somebody else down the road. Wow, what a powerful story. I'm so proud of Kai and his family for continuing to go back to God, for not quitting, for showing up again and believing in God and who he says he is, even when it's hard. We know this, we know that God doesn't cause all things, but God can sure use all things for his glory when we allow him to. So as we wrap up here, uh, I, I know there's been a lot of talk these days about our immune system and keeping our immune system healthy and building that up. You know, you kind of have a spiritual immune system too that, that really we need to keep built up. And in the natural, our immune system, if we do some things like if we rest, if we have the right diet, if we have the right exercise, then we keep strong and we keep healthy. And so I want to give you a prescription for your spiritual immune system about this topic, but really it's just in general and, the, and it mirrors what you can do in the natural. And the first thing I'd say is this, to rest. Rest in the promises of God. Rest that God has this. Really let your, just give your worries, give your cares to a loving God who's in control. And it'll start to build up your spiritual immune system so that you're ready to pray. You're ready to, to, to fight for what's right. You're ready to do all those things that you need to do so that you can be strong when you're rested. Second thing is this, it's your diet. Be careful what you're feeding on. Make sure you're feeding on the right things because Satan would love to use this time to fill you up with all sorts of unhealthy things. Make sure you have the right diet during this season. Number three, if you want to keep your spiritual immune system strong and healthy, then you got to exercise. What do I mean by that? We have to put into practice what we believe. 
Pray for others. Believe God for healing. Speak life and not death. Don't, don't Watch what comes out of your mouth. Put, put into practice all of these things. Command sickness to go. And, and again, when it comes to healing, we don't want to lean on formulas. We don't want to lean on opinions. We don't want to lean on our experiences. We want to lean into God's truths. And so I believe as we keep all of these things in mind, God's power, we're going to see miracles happen. We're going to see people miraculously healed. We don't have to just wait it out. We can see people miraculously healed. The bottom line, as Robert Morris put it, uh, he was praying one day and he'd, he'd you know, gone through a bunch of stuff and he was like feeling like, should I go to doctors? Is that a lack of faith because I'm believing for healing? And God just spoke to him. He said, I just want you well. I mean, if that's by a doctor, if that's by supernatural healing, God wants you well. If that's by a doctor, if that's by, by working out, if that's by eating the right things, if that's by a gym trainer, if that's by supernatural healing, whatever, God wants you well. So what I want to do as we close is I want to pray for supernatural healing right now. Maybe you know somebody, maybe there's somebody in your family, maybe you've heard about somebody, maybe uh, you've heard about somebody uh, from a friend or whatever it is. Get that person in mind, pray for them right now. We're going to pray right now for healing. We're just going to exercise this. So God, right now, we thank you that you are a powerful God and we use the authority that you've given us and we speak life right now. We speak health and we speak healing. We tell any circumstances or any si symptoms, any situations that are contrary to what you desire for us. We tell them to go in the name of Jesus. We tell any pain to go. We tell any spirit of infirmity to be gone. We tell any uh, lack of of health right now in anyone's body, in any situation, any circumstance at all, we use the authority right now and we tell it to go in Jesus' name. We bind this sickness, this virus, we curse its plans, we, we say we cancel it in the name of Jesus and we draw a line by the faith that we have in who you are, God, and what you have done for us on the cross. And we thank you for that, that we walk in health and we walk in life in Jesus' name. Amen. At the end of the day, guys, we've got to remember this. At the end of it all, we are living not just for the here and now. It's like as Paul said, he said, to live is Christ, but to die is gain. And we have to understand that we can't just always hang so tightly to this life, that there is eternity at stake. There are people's lives right now that hang in the balance for eternity that we also need to be praying for. And we also have to deal with something in our hearts. So many times we, we hang so tightly to what's happening in our current circumstances that we have to answer that in our heart. Do we really believe that to live as Christ, to die as gain? Or do our fears and our worries reflect something other than that? So I just want to speak to anybody here who may be going through that, and I speak the peace of God to you right now. And I also want to speak to anybody right now that doesn't know Jesus Christ. Can I just tell you, right, ever, right where you're at, wherever you're at, you can just ask Him to come into your life right now. You can surrender your life to Him, and you can choose to follow Him by faith by receiving the grace of God. He died on the cross. He took your sin. He took your place. He rose from the dead so that you might have eternal life. And right now, all you you have to do is simply receive that. So God, we thank you right now for anybody here who needs to surrender their life to you. I pray right now that they would just confess with their mouth what's happening in their heart and just confess that you are Lord. Turn from their ways and turn to follow you. We receive your grace by faith. We confess that you are Lord of all in Jesus name. 
Amen. Thank you guys for being with us. Continue to stay with us on Facebook, on our Journey uh, website, journeykc.com, on our YouTube channel. We love you guys. We can't wait to be together again. Until then, we'll see you next time.